Hey everyone, welcome back to uh, a, the second part of our podcast where we talk about interviews and getting a job and you know the whole career stuff that we've been talking about for the past couple of podcasts. Um, so I, I'm Bader, I'm, this is our first international podcast so bear with us if there's any weird hints going on. Um, I'm in Dublin at the moment. Hi, yep, it's Katie, um, I'm the community manager for Animdojo. And uh, Tom, I'm one of the co-founders of Animdojo along with Bader. So before we uh, kick off with the interview with Amy from Framestore, we just wanted to remind you guys, BFX, uh, Thursday, the 4th of October, I'm delivering a masterclass where we're going to go and do, if you're a dojoer, you know it, it's called Name That Pose. If, if you're not a dojoer and you want to see what it's all about, basically it's a challenge where the audience will throw the craziest poses they can at me and I have to make it work. And it's kind of just to show you guys that if you follow the system, the yeah, Anim Dojo system, it works. So it's, it's a fun session, and uh, we're going to give a brief kind of overview of what the uh, Anim Dojo method is, really. And then there's a, there's a meetup, isn't there? there? There is. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, the cost of that masterclass, I think it's £30, but with that, you get a free month of Anim Dojo membership worth £15. So it's, it's a bargain. Yes. A whole, whole afternoon with Bader, learning mm -hmm. from him. And a month of Bader. Yes, <laughs> a month and an afternoon. So yeah, so there's the uh, the Anim Dojo meetup. So if you're uh, an Anim Dojo or you're interested in being uh, becoming an Anim Dojo, then 8.30 in the evening next Thursday, the 4th of October, we'll be having a, a meetup in the in the bar at the BIC where BFX is hosted. And that'll be uh, straight after the awards ceremony. So if you go to that, you can come, come out and, and meet up, meet all of us three and many others yep so yeah yeah it should be good please please come and see us <laughs> yeah it'll be great to see you guys so uh tom you 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 spoke with amy from framestore didn't you yeah so earlier this week i went to visit amy at framestore uh, and i've known amy for quite a while being on uh, many of the same skills committees and groups where we discuss uh, how to improve skills within the industry. And Amy is, hang on, let me just check her LinkedIn profile. Her official title is Head of Talent at Framestore. And she's been at uh, Framestore since 2012. And she's a force of good for inclusion, diversity, and opportunity in the VFX industry. She's always championing ways of opening, ways of learning. So she's a fantastic person to talk to, and she's uh, a great person to have in the industry. But we wanted to speak to her because she's uh, in that kind of head of talent role at Framestore. She's a perfect person with so much experience in recruiting and interviews. We thought, it'd be great to put some questions to her regarding what you might expect from an interview and how to um, how to deal with it and what the best answers to come with and generally just things to think about uh, so you can go in a little bit more prepared. So uh, here's Amy. My name is Amy and I'm the Head of Talent at Framestore. My role involves looking after the recruitment for all of our global offices and overseeing the recruitment team, but also it's about once we've got um, that talent in the door, how do we make sure that they have a successful and meaningful career at Framestore? So it's helping our training department to make sure they're looking at the right things. It's working with our department managers to see what's coming out of people's appraisals and what it is they want to do with their careers. It's looking at our culture and making sure that it's you know a great place to work. So it's all the very things that affect someone's career 
when they join the company? So that's that's who Amy is. Um, I just, I just want to say that it's it's um, it's a, it's quite a thankless job to be honest because it's the stuff that you don't think happens in a studio like the people that manage talent that manage people's careers that help them get in and help them even when they're transitioning to get out like is it's a very tough job looking after people so um, you know hats off to Amy and pretty much, you know, all the people that work in HR and, and, you know, talent and, you know, it's, it's, it's quite thankless, but nothing runs without it. Yeah. And people don't go to HR when they're happy. They generally go to yeah, HR when they're problems, yeah. <laughs> I've had a yeah. couple of thank yous though. It's, it's not oh, okay, happening in HR, you know, everybody's um, for the most part quite happy. So yeah, but it, it, she sounds fantastic. Very, very, she's got a good idea about where she wants yeah. to, Amy, Amy's a lovely person. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So the um, first question we put to Amy was what she sees the point of an interview is because obviously we, we get that, you know, you can tell what someone's skills from a showreel. So what's the purpose of the interview if you could literally give them a job from the showreel? So the purpose of an interview is to really see um, how you're going to fit with the team. So as Tom said, we, we've already established from sort of showreel and CV that you've got the skill set that we're looking for for the particular role. But the interview is about those extra traits. So it's about can you communicate effectively? Um, are you able to critique your own work in a, in a sensible way? Um, are you a team player? Can we see you fitting in with the existing personalities in the team? That kind of thing. So yeah, it's it's about uh, the the soft skills, the team fit, uh, and communication. So everything you can't basically see in a showroom. Um, actually, one thing I just want to point out: it's probably like a little bit off topic, but you know, just Amy mentioning uh, the ability to critique your own work to a certain extent. I think that's really important. That's what we always say. So you know, it's not just us. You know, Framestore says it too. Yeah, indeed. Um, so so that's the basics. So really. And we wanted to find out what Amy's uh, go-to questions are in an interview so you can kind of know what to expect for the big questions. We have quite a lot of go-to interview <laughs> questions. Um, normally we start off just by saying, you know, tell us a bit more about yourself. So it's a sort of open-ended question to give you the opportunity to tell us the things you want us to know specifically. And then typically we will dig into some of your experiences in particular so there might be a certain project you've worked on that we want to know a bit more information about um, or there might be um, a sort of unique experience to you you know you've worked at a studio we haven't heard of before or something like that and we might, might want more information and then after that we typically move on to your showreel and ask you to actually talk us through your showreel um, and give us a bit more detail about what's on there um, and then other questions will be around things like, you know, how have you dealt with um, difficult feedback in the past? Um, you know, how have you approached that? Um, how have you dealt with um, stressful deadlines? Those kind of things. So trying to get a sense of how you work and how you respond to challenges that might come up. Yeah, I would pick out one, but I would say the hardest one out of all of that is the tell us about yourself question. You'll yeah. be surprised how much that stumps people um, to be able to like articulate who they are without waffling and, you know, something that sounds appealing to the studio. So I would definitely say to think about that before going, because not everybody does. 
my yeah, go-to my go-to answer for that and it's um it's it's kind of been the way i've been doing it ever since i started was there's a tendency for people to want to talk about themselves literally i think if you treat yourself as a cv like a walking cv or a walking like um a resume for everyone around the world who might not know what a cv is um you just highlight that you talk about the highlights. So you'd say, well, okay, so um, I started back in 20, 2006. Um, I worked freelance and then around 2010, I moved blah, blah, blah. And then now, yeah, I've been at Zeus since 20, 2012. And then now uh, the 2018, I'm at Brownback. So he's just kind of saying the highlights. And then if they stop at one of them, they want you to elaborate because it might, it might be more, uh, uh, relevant to the current role then that's fine but I would avoid like talking for like a long duration on like something that you did five years ago like just highlights really quickly and then there's nothing wrong with silence so you can stop and then if they have a follow-up question they can do or you know you can gauge what they're saying but definitely keep it to like the CV system yeah yeah I was just gonna say um would you not say that much that's personal about yourself then Beda in like a situation like that? Because a lot of what you're saying is like, it sounds like you're kind of like giving an overview of your um, work experience, but in terms yeah. of the person who you are, do you tend to mention that or would you think that would be? Well, to be honest, I mean, I haven't been having a lot of interviews. I've been conducting a lot of interviews yeah. over the past <laughs> couple of years, but one thing that I found more comfortable was that the person I speak to is professional, but they're being themselves. Right. What, what I find to be off-putting is when the person is trying to overdo it by showing me who they are and like being overly friendly and kind of breaking that professional barrier. It's a, it's, it's a very strange thing, professionalism in animation and sort of overall like in, in the creative industries. There is a professionalism. Um, there are do's and don'ts. It's not 100%. I mean, maybe this is a podcast we can have to talk about in the future, but the professionalism in the, in this industry is um, it, there's a fine line between being friendly and jokey and then being, so you can throw, you can throw in a few jokes in the interview, like depending on like at the end of a question that they ask and you can just throw in like a fine, a little thing that can show who you are. I'm not saying you have to throw in jokes. I'm just telling you like this is what I do. I, I would yeah. throw in a joke to break the tension, to break the ice um, that shows that my personality, that I'm, that's the kind of guy I am. You know, someone else might prefer a different approach. You know, you, you can show who you are by your mannerisms as opposed to talking about yourself. It's, it's always better to show who you are by just being yourself than to actually articulate who you are. That's, that's Actions speak louder than words kind of thing. Yeah, actions speak louder than words. I think it's good to also talk about the non-job stuff in terms of relevant things like if you're into photography or if you're into kind of sketching and stuff because all of those things are very relevant to the, yeah. to the skills you like to have so it, it shows that uh, that kind of like halo around your your role that you <laughs> anything that can make you look better definitely yeah. definitely throw it in there and if you and if you worry you don't have much of a CV then you can also talk about why you wanted to get into that industry in the first place or if you went and did a course what made you want to go and do that course so it's just to give a little bit of insight about about you really yeah that's a good point because um it's it, people like their egos to be stroked a little if you 
have witnessed a talk by someone from that studio and that even like I'm not saying like it's the thing that caused you to change your whole career but even if it had some kind of influence definitely mention it say you know oh yeah I remember when so-and-so came and spoke at our university and it really like I was really excited about the studio that will make them think oh you know this person actually cares about the work we do and remembers a particular talk that we gave and it just shows that you're just a bit more engaged I guess and you know a person that says oh I don't know I just like Spider-Man you know it's like give give something a bit more uh, personal I guess to them yeah so I asked Amy um, following saying you know she asks uh, to uh, talk people through their showreels what exactly she means by that so obviously, generally, we will know how you've done something. Um, you know, if you're talking about an animation, we understand how Maya works and how you've animated it as such. But what, what we're looking to understand is a bit more detail about how long did that take you? Um, what, why, what approach did you take and why did you decide to take that approach? So, you know, did you do it stepped or did you do it spline? Why did you make that decision? Um, what reference did you use and how did you use that reference? You know, did you essentially roto animate the reference or did you take key things from the reference that you wanted to use? Um, did you come up against any challenges? And if so, how did you approach that? What did you do? Did you go and seek information and guidance? Um, have you shown that work to anybody and got any feedback? Mm. What was that feedback and how did you respond to that? Um, so it's about being self-critical of your own work that's what we're looking for so yeah it's just it's finding out that little bit more that might not be evident from watching a show in itself in terms of your workflow how you approached it what problems you had um and there's a method you used uh what feedback you had and how you responded to it any problems you had and really just uh to be self-critical of your work but in a professional way yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. The, also, one thing to point out that um, because every studio has a different a different sort of pipeline, different workflow. Um, again, also different industries. So, for example, like Amy mentioning, um, you know, using reference. For example, you'd find that obviously in VFX uh, studios and maybe feature film studios. Maybe in a TV studio, they'd ask you something else. You know, like for example, we ask, "How long did this shot take you?" or um what's your workflow method do you like key everything on the same frame uh and then including lip sync uh you know every studio has something that's why they want you to explain the um the process but it's 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 not because they're testing you to like trick you um there's no trick question it's it's genuinely to kind of just figure out how you came how you came to end up with this result and the other thing is um this is probably less relevant to the work we do in tv but Obviously, like in bigger studios where they do like big shots, it's not one animator's role. So you can be like, so talk us through the shot. Like, what is it that you did? Like, oh, I did, for example, the crowds in the background, or I did the main character. You know, I was responsible for the dragon. Um, Sometimes looking at a shot that's finished, it's hard to tell who did what. And that's kind of one way to figure out. And I think that's something that you can really do to prepare for an interview to make yourself come across uh, more professional and help your chances is to uh, to go through your showreel before you do the job interview and for every single shot kind of just go through all those questions and answer them so you're you're ready with a, a whole uh, bunch of answers just in case someone 
did say kind of if you could revisit that shot what would you do now and so you're not thinking uh so you don't have to really think too much on the spot because interviews are uh, pressures enough without having to think on the spot too much so you can really help yourself by doing a lot of homework in terms of also, your own free go also a uh, piece of advice don't don't talk badly about your own showreel in an interview like that's happened before where i've spoken to people and as i'm talking to them about you know how long did this take you i'm not saying that because i think it looks bad i'm saying that because i want to know how long it took you because then i want to see if that's going to work within our pipeline and our workflow and then if, if you turn around and say well I, you know i only had like two days so like it's not i know it's not that great that's not a good answer that's a that shows me that you're willing to put bad work on your showreel and b that you didn't understand the purpose behind my question which makes me you know think it's it wasn't a trick question. It's not trying to like, you know, uh, get you to like stumble on yourself. It's literally just a, you know, the interviewer is, is trying to just see if you're going to be a good fit. That's it. Yeah. Not, you know, no one's going to invite you just to kind of, you know, put you down or to kind of say things that just are there to kind of uh, play mind tricks. Yeah. And I think you can always frame it in a positive way. Cause if you, if you put that on your show or to show, you know, because it was done in a quick amount of time, you can say, this isn't my favorite bit of work I've ever done, but it was done in two days. So I've included it in my show to show you what I can do for a quick turnaround bit of work. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's so, a very good point. Yeah. It's been a positive to it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we talked before about in our podcast about keenness and um, there, there you can be keen or you can be too keen, but what's, uh, a good question to ask to show that kind of right level of keenness. So I think it's always good to ask about the department that you're looking to join, you know, so ask questions, you know, how many people are in the, are there in the team? Um, how would I work with that? Would I get a mentor or do I just work with my lead or, you know, what's the structure and how do I fit into that? Um, you could ask about any training the department has in place. You know, is there any training I would be given when I start or, you know, is there any training I would get to help, my career those sorts of questions are good um, equally you know if there's a particular project on at the studio that really appeals to you then saying you know is there any opportunity mm. for me to work on that project yeah. or can you give me some more information about that project what kind of work is it um, I think all those questions are really are really valuable to ask cool is that something you give people the opportunity to actually kind of like suggest what projects they they work on or is it generally you're you're put into what uh, role you're given <laughs> no I mean you know if if someone's expressed a real interest in a particular project you know I remember on Beauty and the Beast we had quite a few people who you know that was their passion project yeah. they'd grown up with that film they really wanted to work on it and we will always try and accommodate that if we can yeah um, we can't make anyone any promises because sure. sometimes schedules are what schedules are but we will try and accommodate you know if someone has a real passion for something cool so I think it's yeah it's it's good to ask about the the working environment and what what that's like I think I think it's really interesting how the questions that are good questions are questions that show how people are excited about that work environment rather than what's in it for them more so yeah. it seems like more of an openness and an interest in who you're working with where you're going to be working what you're going to be doing you know, because there's the question of, um, say, like, how much money am I going to get? Or um, what are the hours and stuff? Like, that's very much, like, 
only going to affect you that answer whereas like how many yeah. people are there in the team and that shows a bit more of an open interest in where you would potentially be if successful right uh next up the uh, big question should you discuss salaries honestly salaries really varies in my experience from head of department to head of department or supervisor to supervisor depending on who you're interviewing with some of them like to have that discussion at interview and some of them really don't um some of them don't like talking mm. about money um so i think the my my best advice is be led by the people interviewing you um if they want it to be discussed at interview they'll ask you they'll they'll open that discussion up um if they don't open that discussion up it probably means they don't want to talk about it i thought her answer of um following the lead of the interviewer was really great um i know that in blue zoo interviews i've don't i've not heard of any interview that has discussed salary um but that doesn't mean that the opportunity to discuss a salary that you are offered is off the table it's not a yes or no you know you can always ask questions when the offer if the offer is sent through to you um there's always the opportunity to talk about it there which is maybe a little bit more secure and less nerve-wracking than face-to-face asking someone for money (laughs) yeah (laughs) i have i have a very sneaky tactic i might have said this in my previous interview um i just Aside, I, I did mention doing your research, but one thing I do is um, I, once I know what that role uh, averages, um, I, I would give the studio the opportunity to make me an offer first. So I would say, um, look, I don't like to like, I don't do the, the, the salary game. I just say, you guys tell me what you normally offer for this role. And if I'm comfortable with it, I'll be honest. And I'll tell you, yep, I'm happy with that. If not, I'll be honest. And I'll tell you, I'm not. And throughout my career, that's ne- I've never had any issues with that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with actually saying uh, if you don't actually like the offer to, you know, counter offer and say what you want. And then they'll counter offer and back and forth. But from my experience, for example, when I was conducting interviews at Blue Zoo um, and that, that, that question came up, I just put my hand up and I say, sorry, I'm not the guy to talk about. I don't know any of, I don't know the salary offers that, that you guys will be getting. So that's a different discussion you can have with the, uh, at the time it was the production coordinators, but now with our HR department and, you know, it's, yeah. every student is different. Yeah, but you wouldn't get offended or anything for someone wanting to discuss no. that. You'd probably just say, I, I mean, I you need to get paid, so. <laughs> Yeah, of, of course, yeah. Exactly, so it's, 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 it's an absolutely normal task. Yeah, cool. Okay, moving on with the same thing with holidays. Is that good thing to discuss i think if it's the first question you ask <laughs> then it probably gives a negative vibe if you've got nothing or, or if you've got nothing else to ask it's the only question you ask um but i think if you've asked some good questions and then you say i'm also interested in what your holiday and benefit package is because yeah. i think there are other things as well as holidays that most studios offer so then, then i think that's fine as, sure. as long as it's part of a set of questions there we go so yeah fine to ask but just don't ask it up front or the only question you ask this brings me to an important point too um i mean most places have within the same ratio of holidays so i don't think you need to ask it but what i would say is if you do have any upcoming holidays you better like mention it because if you join and then you're like oh by the way i'm going away for two weeks you know it's not been accounted for it's better to mention it up front um, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, a lot of people book stuff in advance. I mean, 
I am coming to do BF, uh, BFX. I literally just joined Brown Bag, so I'm taking two days off next week. But I mentioned it in the interview, and I, you know, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, just that's one thing to bear in mind, I think. Uh, and I, I think what Amy mentions as well regarding it's not just about holidays. Ask what the benefits are, because every studio has a slightly different benefits package, and that might be something that you didn't quite uh, anticipate or know about. So if they haven't mentioned it, it's always good to ask, I think, what, what kind of benefits there are. Yeah, that was a really good point, yeah. On to another thorny subject. If you left a previous studio not on the map, perhaps most positive note, is that a good thing to discuss or not? This one's always a tricky one. I think partly it depends what the reason was um, for leaving. I think also it depends on how you pitch it. So my biggest piece of advice is to turn a negative into a positive. Right. So if you left because, yes, you didn't see eye to eye to, with someone or because it just wasn't the right fit for you, you didn't feel you fit with the team or the kind of work wasn't the kind of work you wanted to do, I think you could say that, but it's about saying, and I took a positive step too, you know, rather than, I think, don't just sit for five minutes and criticise a previous company um, yeah. because that doesn't reflect well on you and it puts us in an awkward situation um, you know, most of us know people at other studios and all those kind of things. So I think if you're going to explain why you left, then it, put a positive spin on it. There's always a positive. You know, I learned something from that yeah. experience. That's that's the spin to put on it. Um, and I'm going to bring that to my next company. I think most of the time it is better to be honest because we do all know other people at other studios and mm. it may well be that someone in the team knows why you've left and if you're not upfront about it that can also not reflect well on you so I think it's it's best to just be honest but try and be as positive about yeah. that experience as you can so if you try and bury it it'll come out sooner or later it will it will <laughs> honesty is the best policy yeah. and I think everyone's different some people prefer working in a bigger studio with more structure some people prefer working in a smaller studio so it might just be yeah. the, that person fit which is not a bad thing it's just no. you know and, and everyone has different styles but, you know, particularly when it comes to animation everyone has different styles that they're better at as well you sure. know so there we go honesty is always the best policy I think in those kind of situations because as Amy said it is a very small industry so if you if you start telling fibs it, it, it might come out sooner or later which which wouldn't be good I think a good piece of advice here as well to, to add to what Amy said is to, um, it's almost like a breakup, like if it was a bad uh, experience that you had or maybe maybe you, you've left because of some kind of negative reason. It's almost like if someone speaks, asks you a question, like, oh, why did you guys break up? So like we're talking like relationships now. Um, if you talk badly about the person that you were in a relationship with, say, and then, you know, that reflects badly on you, you could still give the real reason without having to like say really negative things about the person it can be like say say you had a very difficult um lead or supervisor who really made your life very difficult and that's the reason you left you know you could just say um i mean i'm not saying to actually say exactly what i'm going to say but something on the lines of well the just the work-life balance wasn't really working for me at the, at the time um i just needed to kind of switch gears and um you know i'm just happy to kind of you know, try try a different studio, maybe, you know, see how that works. Um, I'm open to trying new things and kind of working with different people. So I just thought the timing was right. Simple as that. You don't have to like say, oh, he did this and he did that. There's no point in that. Yeah, you don't want to point fingers because that doesn't exactly. come across 
well. It's like take, take, take responsibility for your shortcomings and your reasons for leaving as opposed to throwing the blame on someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Next, uh, asked Amy, over the years, are there any interviews that have stood out just to really understand what makes an interview stand out to a recruiter? Yeah, absolutely. There's there's one in particular that I always remember. Um, it was for our um, summer internship a few years ago. And we were interviewing two people. We interviewed more, but there are two people that sort of stand out for our effects internship. And one of them was exceptionally talented from his showreel and from the way he talked about all the things he'd learned and everything he was exceptionally talented and, and very proactive um, but he was quite um, a reserved individual not shy exactly but just reserved we had to try quite hard to get information out of him but there was no denying he was talented so clearly the internship was was sort of his but then the second person we interviewed wasn't necessarily as as talented i mean he was more than capable but it wasn't quite so exceptional in terms of talent but he came into that interview and just charmed us he was entirely himself um very um enthusiastic so keen just kept saying wow i can't believe i'm here and it was just clearly so passionate about what he did that then we were really torn because actually someone with that amount of passion even if they don't necessarily have all the skills there yet they'll get them because they have the passion to get them so in the end what happened was we actually gave them both the effects yeah. internship which we hadn't done historically it was one person per department um but they for different reasons they both just interviewed so well that we felt it was unfair to favor one over the other so i think skills are one thing but what the other guy proved is that actually attitude and and the way you present yourself is is actually very much just as important um so yeah that really yeah sticks I, in my mind and i think making being this is we, we touched on the previous um podcast when we spoke to harriet adinek that kind of being prepared for the interview can really help put those nerves at ease yeah. and that's when that passion can come across because nerves can easily mask passion yes. and from as you're saying it's it's vital that that passion comes across in the interview yeah absolutely yeah and what's that saying the one that says about skill is some percentage raw talent and the rest of it is hard work isn't it 20 percent? something like that raw yeah. talent and 80 percent hard work yeah like i think just having skill is not enough the fact that you show the enthusiasm shows that you're going to do whatever it takes to learn. I mean, there's no skill I think on this planet that no one can learn, right? If you put in the effort, um, if you are passionate enough to do it, you'll find a way to do it. No one's born. Um, some people have more of an inclination towards a certain area. I mean, there's this uh, artist um, who I saw a really long time ago on what used to be conceptart.org. Um, He's very famous now. His, his name is Dave Raposa, and he does some exceptional artwork for like film and posters. But you see his work on that. Uh, he has a thread that you can see his work from when he first started, all the sketches he did. And we're talking over just a span of like two to three years. He improved so much just by hard work. So just because someone is ahead of you skill wise doesn't mean that that's how it's going to stay, you know, 
talent is one thing, but skill is another and learning a skill is definitely doable. So I guess that's why it's, it's important to, 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 remember that studios look for that they look for potential not just where you are today so i guess that's where amy was coming from so we know that uh, candidates should bring their show to the interview but what else should you bring that's what we post to amy next well i always encourage candidates to bring a notebook um first of all you can have any key points you wanted to make sure you wanted to make written down because again nerves can play a part and sometimes you forget something you really wanted to say and it's good just to be able to look back over your notes also you can write down questions that you wanted to ask because again I've seen it happen they just fall out of your head you someone says have you got any questions and you can't for the life of you remember what you wanted to ask so having those written down but also you mustn't forget that an interview is a two-way process you know you're trying to find out if this is a company you want to work for as well, because it might not be, um, or the head of department might not be someone you feel you would get along with or whatever. So I think it's important to jot down a few notes of your own as well, things that we've said that you found interesting or that you want to remember, Um, particularly if you have asked us things about holiday or benefits or something like that, you might want to write that down. So um, a notebook... um, bring a bottle of water with you particularly you know if, if you are in that scenario where you're running late often you get there and you're hot and you're sweaty and mouth's clammed up and nerves are yeah. kicking in and I yeah you say bottle of wine then That's like, That's well brilliant. wine might help um, but <laughs> might give up the bad vibe yeah, <laughs> maybe be a bit you know suspect about that but yes um yeah bottle of water um uh, and Typically, we will always have CVs printed out, but I do like the person who comes prepared with their CVs, even if we don't need them, because it at least shows that they've thought about the process and they've thought about what might be useful for us. Um, And sometimes it is useful because sometimes we have forgotten or the printer jammed right before the interview or whatever. So um, I think being there's nothing wrong with being overprepared. Sure. Yeah, of course. So... Um, so notepad is Amy's Amy's hint there, which I think is uh, really good because you can use it to yeah, prompt yourself if you suddenly have uh, a complete blank and you can make notes, which always shows you're being nice and attentive and actually listening to what's being said, which is a good thing to, to show yourself uh, doing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it shows that you, you've thought about it and how you want the interview to go, how you want to be prepared, like the bottle of water, the CVs, you know, writing notes, bringing your notebook, things like that. They're quite um, general, kind of like simple ideas of how to prepare for something like this. But at the same time, it makes a difference that you've just taken that extra step that not everybody does. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I I can't add anything more to that. Just uh, anything that helps you to have a smoother interview do it cool okay so to wrap things up with amy we really wanted to find out what her biggest uh, bit of advice was so here's what she said i think my biggest piece of advice is try and be yourself i think what happens when you start going for interviews is you get so much advice you get advice from your family and you get advice from school or university or whatever and you go online and you see all sorts of things and what ends up happening is you sort of start becoming an interview clone and you know you find out the right answers as LinkedIn tells you Um, and we don't get a sense of who you are and and that's kind of the point of an interview from my perspective is I want to know who you are and 
you know, as a result, we don't ask trick questions. We're not trying to catch you out. We're not trying to make you feel uncomfortable to see how you cope. We're genuinely trying to give you the opportunity to give your best and to show us what makes you tick and what makes you unique. Um, so I think be yourself. And, you know, we like a quirk and we like an eccentricity. That's fine. Make, be yourself. Everyone's unique. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That's what you want to get out of the interview. Find absolutely. what makes them different. Yep. Cool. I think that's it. So thank you very much, Amy. No problem. Thanks, Tom. So there we go. Uh, it's be yourself. And I think I think this really kind of like summarizes a lot of stuff we've been trying to say in the last two podcasts, which is the more you can prepare and think about the questions that are going to come by from everything we've discussed. Um, I feel like this is like the Jerry Springer moment now, kind of summarizing <laughs> everything things we said. But um, but if you prepare, <laughs> then you can kind of you can make sure you're relaxed as possible because there you've you've got your in you've got your interview answers ready to go. You've rehearsed them, so hopefully if you're not running late, you could be nice and relaxed and be yourself because that's what the studio wants to see. Yep. Yeah, that's you're when you're most genuine self comes through um, when you don't pretend to be anything else and as you've just said Tom the preparation um, it kind of moves those nerves or dies them down enough that you can come through as yourself so yeah I would definitely say that is important as um, cheesy as it sounds <laughs> yourself yeah did anyone have any um, any bits of single bits of advice they thought that's worth reiterating um i have one go ahead um just please investigate the studio that you are being interviewed for so i think um it definitely is something that's very common that people won't have even seen the showreel when they turn up to an interview or they will heard that they've worked on one project years ago um, and it's really not an incentive for us to kind of like be that interested in you when you couldn't even be bothered to be that interested in us um, so I would definitely say that you know you have to have an active displayed interest in that studio yeah that's what I would say yeah, because it's not it's not a hard thing to do. Even if you watch the showreel on the bus on the way there, it's it's, it's exactly. it doesn't take much effort. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got a phone. Everyone's got YouTube. So yeah, yeah. My advice is, and this is something that I tell everyone whenever they're like panicking, is I always tell them, listen, you've gotten through the most difficult part. They like your work, so they just want to see if you're going to be someone they can work with. That's it. And it's yeah. like, you're going to have to be pretty out there for them to not want to work with you. Like, you know, uh, the fact that, you know, if you're reasonable, just be yourself. We're not expecting, you know, you to fit within a mold, like, like Amy said, in this clone of an interviewee, you know, like, so tell us, you know, what's your biggest asset? Well, I'm a go-getter or, you know, I'm a, I'm a hard worker or uh, I'm, I'm great with time. Like, be honest, just be yourself. And the fact that they've asked you to come in for an interview, literally you've overcome every single hurdle that most applicants go through. You're sitting there right now. They're obviously interested in you. You know, you should be confident that you're most likely to get the job if you just be yourself. Yeah. Can I add to that if that's okay? Um, 
So I just like to add and say, as an extension, if you are unsuccessful for an interview, it doesn't necessarily mean that the studio thinks that you're a bad person who could never work within that team. It might just be that the circumstances have been that someone just fit a little bit better. Um, it's not always a kind of end or be all judgment on your personality and who you are as a person. So I would say like, don't feel hurt or um, kind of self-conscious about yourself, like a lack of confidence after having an unsuccessful interview based on fit, um, because there are a lot of things that that plays into. It's not just about like, who am I as a person? So I wouldn't um, put so much self-worth on the success of an interview like that if that makes sense um i was just gonna actually mention one one more thing that i've just thought of is that um words are easy to say like everyone says i'm i'm passionate so that words essentially become meaningless so yes. think about other ways you can you can say it say you know i'm passionate uh, as i've you know been doing all this work in my evenings or i've been playing around with Maya since i was 12 whatever yeah. if there's any way to justify or just to to show that 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 passion is more than a word uh, i think it'd be great to think about ways that you can make that uh, come across as really kind of a sincere thing that's that's true and not just an easy to say word yeah that's definitely very good advice and i think that the solution to that is to um say something that's real like i tend to be the kind of person for example like say because like I'm, I'm no longer animating i'm i'm i, I kind of direct animators uh but one thing for example that that i i'm very keen on is i like to train people i like to make sure that people are learning so when people ask me something about like you know so you know tell something extra that that that, that kind of will make you unique I don't say like, for example, oh, I'm passionate about helping others become better. Because, you know, that might come across as um, kind of self-centered or, you know, a bit arrogant. I kind of say, uh, I actually am passionate about training. I enjoy it. So I kind of incorporate that into my role. I like to train people. I like to help them. It's still saying the same thing, but it's kind of wording it in a way that's kind yeah. of a bit more, um, like you said, you know, it doesn't lose its value. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, we've got, uh, just to kind of give you guys a heads up about what's coming up because we um, are working on adding the uh, schedule to the website. But in the meantime, just letting you guys know that we have scheduled in streams up until uh, uh, pretty much up to Christmas. So you will uh, have a recurring uh, yeah, number of streamers like the ones you've been seeing now. And we are working on also sourcing uh, new artists to help with that. So there's going to be a bunch of uh, new faces showing up on the website uh, sort of from now up until also the start of the new year where we're going to launch with uh, new, new content as well. So uh, one thing that we're definitely going to be working on is some new learn videos. So things that have been at the core of what makes Anim Dojo unique is obviously the, anim the animator's checklist. Um, and we've had some advanced techniques videos. So things that we want to add now are completely from beginners, like zero, zero uh, experience with animation, taking that and then using the animator's checklist approach to learn animation from scratch. So that's one thing that we're working on. 
and that should hopefully be within the next uh, month or two. And the uh, other stuff that we're looking into is speaking to people who might have experience with you know, games or VFX. So we don't know exactly when that's gonna roll out, but we're, we're, we're planning to add a, a bigger uh, range of content uh, that you guys can benefit from. Yeah, and if you uh, if anyone does have any uh, kind of thoughts on what stuff they'd like to see in the learn videos that we don't cover at the moment, then please do feel free to email them in or, or post any messages because we'll we'll see those as well. Because we're always listening to what people want to learn that we don't yeah. cover at the moment. I mean, that's um, kind of how we've been building it. Everyone's been kind of it's an organic thing. We we yeah. we we put something out there. People tell us what they want. We respond, and it's kind of a back and forth thing. It's a relationship that we have with our students. Yeah, and in the streams, Beta, do you want to uh, talk about when those streams are? They're, they're going to be at lunch times and the um, Wednesday evening still. Yes. So uh, we've sort of listened to what the students have been requesting, which is they wanted us to bring back the Wednesday evening session, which is an interactive session where. The uh, streamer is going to put out an exercise and everyone goes online at the same time and they do the same exercise. Everyone uploads their work then to SyncSketch and the uh, streamer who is uh, an experienced animator will go on and give their feedback uh, in a sort of group session. So that happens on a Wednesday, 7.30, uh, 7 p.m. UK time. Uh, it's about an hour of a workout and then half an hour of feedback. So we finish 8.30 UK time. And then you've got two other sessions that happen on a Monday uh, and a Friday during lunchtime, 1 p.m. UK time. Um, sometimes there might be a shift in schedule depending on like if there's an availability for the streamer or not, but we try to pretty much, so I think it's pretty much booked from now until Christmas anyway. There's a streamer for all of those slots. Um, and then as we go into the new year um, and we can find artists who work in different time zones so it can cater to other people. But at the time being, this is where, this is where we are with our streams. Cool. And we've got the monthly challenges as well. Yes. How's that going? Yes. So one thing that the people who, who did our very first course, the, the, beta, the beta course, they said what they liked the most about it was that it was a concise beginning and end. So we wanted to capture that same uh, feeling where there's a conclusion to the month. You start out with, with uh, a, uh, a specific um, level, for example, basic, and then you kind of advance to the end and then there's like an outcome. So how did we capture that? Well, we basically said, okay, so the, the first um, Wednesday, the first workout Wednesday of every month will always be a rapid posing. And rapid posing is one of our very basic exercises. Um, followed up by two Wednesdays of uh, sort of medium level, and then the final Wednesday would be an advanced one. So that's how we kind of ramp up the difficulty. But then we started out by saying, and then we'll set a monthly challenge. So the first uh, Monday of the month, we will set a challenge, which is basically a shot that you need to animate in your own spare time, um, similar to kind of like 11 Second Club or the way um, some of the other schools will give you a, a session. but uh, well, sorry, an exercise. The difference is that we give you a very specific guideline. So it's closer to what a studio is. Um, we don't just tell you, go and find a piece of audio and then animate whatever you want. There'll always be a theme. So for example, our previous one, which uh, we're finishing up now, is we gave the students uh, specific instructions to a scene camera movement that we wanted. And 
that the character had to jump through a specific obstacle course. But what was important is that they can recapture the same camera move that was given to them. So that's something that happens in a studio. And for example, our next one is gonna be about exaggeration, but they need to exaggerate an already exaggerated actor or actress. So there are people that we know who their performances tend to be a little bit over the top. So we want to not animate from reference because most people animate from reference and they're not necessarily you know, actors per se. They, they might be able to do a little bit of acting, but what, hap what would happen if you animate, say, a performance by someone like Jim Carrey? You know, that's something that if you push it, you'll learn more. So these are the kind of challenges we try to set, something that is unique to our school. So that's kind of the way we structured it, that there's a beginning and an end, and there's a ramp up in difficulty. Cool. There we go. If you've no idea what we're talking about and you want to give it a go, then uh, if you don't know, the Anim Dojo is just £15 a month. This is my sales bit now. So it's just £15 yeah. a month. Cancel at any time. So just you can give it a go for a month. And if you like it, brilliant. And if you don't, you can cancel it and then... Uh, but hopefully that won't happen because there's tons of stuff to do in terms of all the sessions and all the, I think it's 70 videos to watch, I think. I can't remember. It's constantly, it, like it's hard. It's, it, there's no point even counting them anymore. Like <laughs> every month, every, like to just keep adding. Yeah. Cool. And if you um, do not like it, um, please let us know why um, and we'll try and do better in the future. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we thrive on feedback. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I think that's it for this podcast and yeah, hopefully we'll see you at BFX and and if you want to do Bader's afternoon masterclass and then you can find the link on our um, social feeds. And also, before I forget, uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube, you can also listen to the podcast on the um, Apple uh, podcast app or you can even now ask Alexa to listen to the Anna Dojo podcast and hopefully mm. Alexa should oblige and, and play it for you. So there are all these ways of you can uh, listen to it. Um, but I think that's it for this one. So I hope you've enjoyed it and, and got a few insights into what happened in the uh, interview process and good luck if you're, if you're going into the interview soon. Hopefully we've made it a little bit less daunting or stressful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully we will see you guys soon, either on the website or at PFX. And from me, I'll say um, thanks and happy animating. Yeah. <laughs> Bye guys, thanks for listening. Happy animating. Bye. Cheers guys, and uh, till next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.